Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and we are out and about. Out in a boot, as they say. Out in a boot, as I like to say. Celebrating a very special episode of our podcast today, episode number 53. Yeah, Chabra. If you have been listening, you understand that means it is the first episode of year two of the podcast. We have completed one full year of this silly thing. I can't believe it. I know, it feels like we've done 20 episodes and we've done 52, and I don't understand where the time went, but that means it's been a lot of fun. I know. Right? Time flies when you're having fun. It must be. It's one of those kind of crazy things. It's like we started this little thing as a little just trying to have some fun and see where it took us, and now we are fully invested in this bad boy. I mean, this is now a part of our life, Mike. It is a part of our life, and things are moving in a positive direction, which is good. I would agree. I would agree. Things and, are going great. And uh, so, yeah, if, if it's your first time listening, hi. Welcome aboard. Hello. It's a we great like time, to have you. Great time to join. Also, a good time to be binge all 52 episodes if you have time so not to sound too like narcissist or anything but it would be so dope to stumble on this and listen to this episode and be like hey i kind of dug that whoa there's 52 all right i'm in don't worry that they're like 45 minutes each just just start listening just start listening you can you can do it over the course of maybe three days if there's, you're if you're feeling a little bit long about it there's some great highlights yeah. um, of over the last year if you want to reminisce for a hot second sure the west coast ipa episode number two episode number two brought us out to grains of wrath and talked with mike hunsaker who's going to sit down with us in a little bit that's where we are by the way i didn't say that oh you didn't say that i just said we're oot in the boot we're oot in the boot uh we are at grains of wrath because we figured since episode two was our first on location episode that our first episode of year two should be back where we started. Yes. We've been pubbing Grains of Wrath like crazy on the podcast, <laughs> talking about how great their beer is. We had Dystopia as Beer of the Week. We had EGA as Beer of the Week. Yep. We had, I want to say, two or three others at least on the podcast, maybe not as Beer of the Week We both came out to the one-year anniversary for Grains of Wrath. We Completely, weren't together, but... Completely accidentally on that yep. day. Well, yep. you were intentionally on that day. I yep. brought my wife out here like, hey, let's go to Grains of Wrath. It was the one-year anniversary. I had no idea. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited today to try food that wasn't on the menu then because it was a limited menu for that day. But, uh, but yeah, so we're back at Greens of Wrath, and uh, we're going to do a regular takeover episode. But sit back down with Mike Hunsker again as part of today's episode just to kind of have a nice little bookend to year number one and come back to one of our favorite places too. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I mean, I reached out to Mike to try to set this up, and he was super thrilled, really, really genuine and appreciative that this stupid little podcast that we do chose his place as our one-year anniversary. Um, it was kind of a no-brainer for us. And we'll get into that a little bit with Mike, but that's kind of what we thought, right? You and I were talking to each other, and we were like, what should we do? Let's go we, to Grains. We wanted to go to somewhere. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make it special. And for us, it was a no-brainer. What better place than to come here right. to make it special and make it a one-year uh, anniversary edition of Beers on Us. So you can find us all over the place, radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Omni, 
1080thefan.com. Social media, we have a Beers on Us Instagram now, at Beers on Us, which we should take a picture of before we forget. Um, Cool. I'll do uh, that right now. So follow us there. You can also follow us on our individual social media pages. Patrick is at pdiddy085 on Instagram. I'm at MikeLynch27 on Twitter. And uh, I got a Zogel House sent to me this time because we talked about them on last week's episode a little bit. Nice. And keep sending pictures of what you're drinking and stuff that you're interested in. And uh, had a bunch of people drinking backwoods this week. I had multiple people reach out to me that, or through either to me personally or on the Beers on Us Instagram page, they were drinking backwoods. That's like, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I almost went to backwoods on Friday actually. Wound up going to Von Ebert because the line was shorter, but there was a group <laughs> of nine of us, so it was uh, like yeah. we got to go to somewhere big. Von Ebert's usually a good spot for big groups. It was. We walked in and she was like, "Just had a table open up." I was like, "Thank you, perfect. Sign me Thank up. Thank you." Um, but, yeah, so that's where you can find us on social media. Send us beers you're drinking or what you're interested in the podcast or even segment ideas or episode ideas that you have. Uh, look, we, we're starting year two. We've done 52 of these bad boys, and we've still got ideas in, in, in the bank here. But, you know, you can help us out if you feel like it. Yeah, why not? Get off your lazy butt and do something for a, for a change. <laughs> uh, Tired. Yeah. My back hurts. The heavy lifting. Wherever you are uh, listening to us, subscribe, rate, review. It helps us greatly. And uh, let us know what you think about the podcast and what you'd like us to do in the future. Um, so, yeah, quickly, we're recording this Sunday, two days after we recorded Thursday's episode. There's not really a ton of a new weekend beer. Right. I did go to Von Ebert on Friday. I had a friend just move here from Connecticut, and uh, he was out with some work friends over in the Pearl area. So I met, met up with them Friday night. We went to Von Ebert for dinner. Uh, had the Hellas Lager. Mm, yummy, yummy. Delicious. By the way, I've never ordered more Hellas Lager in the last, like, month than I have it's in my entire life. It's amazing. Well, it's because of you. <laughs> and Because uh, it's amazing. There's a Hellas Lager in front of us now, too, which I'm very excited about. And uh, and then today, we met up before we came out here because we had some time to kill mm-hmm. and went to Trapdoor yep. for the first time and went to Doomsday. Doomsday, yep. I gave Vancouver. Mike the little uh, the Vancouver treatment. It was a quick one. We only had a couple hours, but yep. uh, had an ESB at Trapdoor, which is something I would never order, and I had it, and it was really good, actually. A really funny story about that is I got there right before Mike did, and I ordered a beer. I looked at the beer list, and I was like, Trapdoor is known for their hazies, and if you listen to the podcast, you know Mike and I aren't the biggest hazy guys. And they have like eight hazies on the menu. Yeah, so that that's their big thing, and Vancouver seems to be really responding well to it, and I, uh, so I flipped through the menu, and I found one, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to have that. And then Mike comes in and orders a beer. We hadn't talked to each other. He orders a beer. And then we're standing there, and I'm like, what'd you get? And you're like, I got the ESB. And I was like, me too. Of course <laughs> we both got the ESB. Uh, it was delicious. I enjoyed it. It was quite good. And then Doomsday, I got a, uh, a chocolate stout. And I was trying to stick to a little lower ABV stuff. It was not a super strong one. It was like five-something percent. Very, very good, actually. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a nice, easy-drinking, solid stout. And you got a Kolsch there, right? I got, uh, no, I got some kind of lager. They didn't really describe the oh, style of lager. It right. was just um, legendary, legendary lager. lager. So I figured it was just probably just Solid, an, an American lager. Yeah, it was fine. I enjoyed the ESB a little bit more, if I'm being honest. I enjoyed uh, the ESB too, but I think we were both in the same mood of trying to, we wanted something with a little malt. Yeah. We were like, I want that. Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh, and that's why I got a stout in the second place yeah, too. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's dive in. We've got three different taster trays right in front of us here. And uh, we did everything except for the EGA and the Dystopia IPA because, as I said, we've had those on the podcast before. So we have every other beer here in front of us. And Friday night, I had nothing to do. I got off work a little early. I sat at home, 
goofed around at the house, and then I walked down to Cerveza for a couple beers. And what they have on draft? Dystopia. Of course. So I drank Dystopia. Did you have night. Dystopia? Yes. I drank like three of them. Okay. So we've got them all in front of us. So you've got the beer menu, but we've got Dive Bar Lager. We've got the Hellas Lager. We've got the Salt Shaker, which is a Goza. Mexican lager. Oh, Mexican lager. We've got the Vienna Lager, which is a classic here. Um, we've got, what does that one say? Luger, Luger Pilsner. We've got the Pandemic, which is a hazy. We've got the Lamb. You can't sell us the Lamb, which is a pale ale. Uh, we've got the Paper Maker, which is their classic uh, pale, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, their pale ale. Yep, they're like Northwest pale ale. We've got the Goza. We've got the Agave Golden, which is a golden ale. We've got the Gretel's, which is a uh, Gretel's Delight, which is a coffee cake stout, which I'm very excited about. And we've got a really strong one here, Mott's Fantasy, which is a Belgian-style quad and Pinot Barrels. It's 12%. Yeah, for all you home brewers out there, that's your beer right there. And that's we've also, that, that quad, that big ABV quad. We've also got the Gin Barrel Aged 509 Pale all in front of us right now. How would you like to ta- – we also have food coming. How would you like to tackle this? Uh, I have no idea. The only, the only place we've done this many is Laurelwood yeah. where they brought everything out, and I'm not 100% sure I know how we did that and made it work. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, so let's just start. We maybe, had, maybe we can go back and listen to the Laurelwood episode. Yes. Holla! But after you listen to this one because you're in the right. middle of it already. In the middle of this, yeah. Don't turn why, it off Why now. would you end it? Come on. You're already committed to us and to the beer and to the food and to Grains of Wrath and to Mike because yeah. it's great. Um, so we got the Dive Bar Lager and the Hellas Lager we've already taken sips of. Yep. Your facial reaction to the Hellas Lager was enough to tell me how you feel about well, it. I mean, it's it's just, it, you know, I'm, I'm a man of... I'm a man of simple tastes, okay? I don't need a whole lot. I'm, I'm an easily excitable person. <laughs> I don't know. Some might call that, you know, unintelligent. Maybe I'm just kind of stupid, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm easily excited, and I'm easily pleased, even though there are times where I seem like, you know, I can be a curmudgeon and angry and picky and all that, you know, my top ten list. You know, there's only ten good breweries. You know, I can be that guy, too. But lots of times when I'm oot and a boot, uh... It doesn't take much. Good people, something decent in front of me, and I'm a happy guy. Well, finish the rest of this tray because you've had the first two, so I just took sips of these two. So have the salt shaker okay. and have the Vienna, and I'll start because uh, I've now had a sip of all four of these. This Hellas Lager is really good, mm-hmm. man. And we walked in, and Mike told us that this was fresh and, and new to, to, to the tap list. So very, very excited to try that. And it is so, so – I don't know. I don't want to say perfect. Nothing's perfect. But it's a really good Hellas Lager. It's one of the better ones I've had in, in my recent month of having Hellas Lagers a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think I think what's great, and I've had three of these four first beers, and I've well, already had the, I've had the Vienna Lager, but I'm excited to taste it again. Yeah, I think one of the most important things to know, and one of the most, I think probably if if I said this to Mike, he would probably agree with us. Grains of Wrath beer is always and has always been super clean um you're you're not really going to run into off flavors you're not really going to run into deficiencies and whether it's a dark beer a malt forward beer a hazy ipa or a lager i mean they finish clean if that makes sense different than being like clear see-through is not what i mean i mean clean as in it's like it's got a beginning a middle and an end and the end lingers appropriately and finishes the way it's needed to um i think if you're listening to this and you live in Southwest Washington, uh, you have a gem out here. You have 
soon to be known throughout the state of Washington as one of the best breweries here. And I understand for those of you who live here, because I just made the drive from Vancouver, because like I said, we were right there. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly far in terms of it's not far, but it feels far when you're driving it. So I understand mm-hmm. if people maybe don't want to commit to uh, to coming this way if you live in Vancouver and you have you know multiple places that are close to you. Make the commitment, man. It is, it's like a 15-minute drive at most, and it is – I mean, everything here is great. Yes. And the food just got placed down in front of us, and it looks amazing. And it's like it's – I have too much food. For you especially. Jesus. Yeah, I have you eat nothing, food. and you got – I ordered less than you. I know. <laughs> I ordered two things. I know. I'm going to eat this for like three days. Don't worry about it. Okay, that's good. Um, but I, I just if – you, if you have not been out here in hell, even if you live in Portland, even if you live in Beaverton, even if you live in Wilsonville – I don't effing care. Come to Grand's Wrap, okay? Make the, yeah. make the trip. First of all, if you're driving down 14 on a clear day, you get the best view of the damn mountain you're going to get anywhere in this area. Oh, it looked gorgeous. And second of here. all, you're going to be so happy that you came here. So just come here, okay? Yeah. Trust um, us. Let, let me put it this way. We there, think we know what we're talking about. You know, I've, I've been very fortunate in my time in this town and especially in my time at Breakside to meet a lot of people in the beer industry. You know, you make friends. You say hi. What are you drinking? What'd you do this week? How's the wife? Blah, blah, blah. Um, How was your week in beer? um, (laughs) And I can't tell you how many times I hear somebody say, oh, yeah, we were out at Grains the other day. Really? You live in St. John's. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Grains, though. We (laughs) we felt like going to Grains, and so we drove out there. Exactly. It's also a great spot if you're doing any, like, hiking in the gorge. Like, that's your jam right there. Just... Like come, your, come down here on the way home? Come back on 14 or cross at the Bridge of the Gods and swoop in on this spot. Um, all right, this so place was desperately needed for Camus. I would agree. I've been here before this place opened, and there were two breweries that were very small, and I tried them both. They were fine, right? I don't, I don't actually remember the names of them, to be honest with you, so apologies. But I tried them. They were good, solid. Um, I mean, this place is like 100 steps ahead, right? This place I would put, like, against the best breweries in the city of Portland, right? You know, right across the river next door. I mean, it's just that good. And I know we're here, and it, you know, oh, you're biased. You're there. Trust us. We wouldn't have come back here for the year anniversary episode if we didn't feel this way, honestly, about this place. Um, so yeah, four beers that we tried. What are your thoughts outside of you know they're clean, well made, good finish. The Hellas Lager is great. The Salt Shaker, the Mexican Lager is really interesting. There's like a flavor of. Um, it's like, it's more limey than I would have, when, than you get from most Mexican lagers, but it's not overpowering. It's just eh, right there. Well, what's in, what interests me about the Mexican lager, a beer called Salt Shaker, A, if I cut my palate aside, I think it's a fantastic name for a Mexican lager. You know, sounds, gra- sounds great, works well. But me, as somebody who's fairly sensitive to salt, I see that and I'm like, ooh, no thank you. And if I read the description, light and crisp Mexican lager with hints of lime and salt added, brewed in collaboration with our friends at Bailey's Tap Room. And so there is salt added to it, so I'm a little scared. I tasted it, and I think the salt is adding such a nice complexity to the beer, yet keeping it straightforward. I think what's really cool about the salt shaker is the balance I don't find the lime overpowering. No, I, it's it's just kind of hidden there, but it, all, it gives you that flavor. And for me, the salt is like adding to the body. And I think when you think Mexican lager and you start drinking things like Mexican lagers, um, you assume there's no body. 
You know, you assume there's no body, and there shouldn't be that much of a body. It should be pretty chill. But the salt added in it is giving you a little extra, yeah. and I think that really complements it well. It adds a depth of flavor, and the lime adds a depth of flavor, and it's not overpowering, which is why I like that a lot. Um, the other three on this tray are, I don't want to say simple, but if you come in and get a dive bar lager, you're getting the closest thing to like a Bud Light that is craft beer, but 100 times better. The Hellas lager, the Vienna lager, the same thing. You know, if you're ordering that, you know what you're expecting. And what you get here is just a solid, well-made Hellas, Vienna, and dive bar lager with no flaws. <laughs> just kind of clean, crisp, refreshing, easy, light drinking beers for, for summertime or river floating or sitting in front of the TV and having a, <laughs> having a beer at night, you know? And these days, you got to have those beers. You, you have, have to. to. Well, we talked about it all year. This was going to be the year of the lager right. and the clean, the clean beer. I'm interested in what Mike's going to say about that because I do want to ask him that because his reputation and his success and everything we know about him is how fantastic of a hoppy beer guy he is. And these are the opposite. And of you look at this tap list now, and it is so all over the place in a positive way. I mean, he's got, let's see, we're looking at one, two, three, four. He's got four loggers on. You told me a year ago, Mike Hunsker has four different loggers on. I'm like, oh, which one's not selling? You know, <laughs> but it's like, no, we're in this. We're in this to do it, and it's great. I'm a happy camper. I'm gonna Our, try this logger. Okay, go for it. Our second tray is that's a that's a pilsner, Luger pilsner. It says mm. uh, the Luger pilsner. It's the hazy IPA of the pandemic. It's the uh, you can't silence the lamb, which is a pale. Ooh, that pilsner is nice. And then we got the papermaker pale, which is their. Probably their is that their longest running beer, the Papermaker Pale? I think so, yeah. It's all on this tray. Um, so, again, not super hoppy, right? The Hazy, obviously, is not going to be hoppy. You've got the Pilsner. You've got a Pale and a Pale. So, that's the nice thing, too, is you're right. He's known for the hoppy beers. Mm -hmm. And yet, right now, what we're do we have in at, front of us? Yeah, we're looking at trays that are... No, granted, we skipped the hoppiest beers because we've had them a mm -hmm. hundred times. But we're looking at trays of variety. Right. And when you go to breweries... Or I should say, when I go to breweries, what I look for is being able to get a taster tray like this and go all over the board and have great things no matter what, right? Right. And it's not just like going to a place that only does hazies or only does IPAs or whatever. You're going to a place that does everything mm -hmm. and everything hopefully well. That's what we have. Well, it's 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 a, it's an old conversation I had um, with. Let's let I don't want to an old wanna, wooden ship. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to say names because I don't know if this person necessarily wants to attach their name to it but i had a conversation with uh, a, a great brewer in the portland scene and and i you know and i said we we're just kind of talking about being versatile and being diverse and and this person said to me you know you can be you can be great at ipas you can be great at you can showcase just german lagers you can you can be pastry stouts and hazy ipas or barrel aged sours like you have that Niche, that's totally fine. Go for it. But if you can't dabble in every little style there is, then you're just niche. You're just kind of kitschy. Right. And to be able to be viewed as a quality brewery, you have to be able to dabble in other stuff. Now, that's nothing to take away from, like, you know, Alex at Upright or, you know, the long-standing tradition that is Cascade Barrel House. Like, that's fine. That's what you do. That's okay. But to be a brewery... To really gain the traction and the notice you need, you got to dabble in everything. And I think that's super important. 
you can still be like, you know, I, I work at Breakside Brewery. We are known for our hoppy beers. But that doesn't mean we're putting less effort into our lagers, our dark beers, stuff like that. Mike's rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I think that's that's what that's really important. And I think what we're seeing with all these beers in front of us, sure, we didn't get an EGA or a dystopia because we've had them. But I'm looking at a lot of beers on this that are five years ago. Someone says Mike Hunsker gave me you know 30 beers to try, and there's only two with hops in them. <laughs> you know, like people aren't going to believe that. No. So it's it, I think I think that's great. That's what's that's what's standing out to me right now. So I just went through the second board. I'm going hazy. Uh-oh. I, I know. Look out. I did it too. Uh, so we had the the pilsner, the hazy, the and the two pails, and um, so again, we as you all know, we dislike hazies quite a bit. This is one of the better hazies that we've had. Uh, it's 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 got way less of the like juicy pulpy stuff that happens in a lot of the hazies, and I understand that it's a hazy. It's not the flavor I like the most, but I get the IPA in it still, which I think is lost in a lot of the hazy IPAs at this point, where it's just like, hey, I'm having orange juice. Yeah. But I it's get, beer, and it has alcohol in it. I get <laughs> hop character, and, you know, and I, you know, I think one of the biggest problems, you know, and we're going to have to eventually tackle this. We've been saying it for a year, but we're eventually going to have to tackle these hazy IPAs. I think these days, if you're going to make a hazy IPA, and someone's going to give you credit for it or say, you know, this is a decent beer. You can't have the off flavors. I think way too many people, I get I get so much diacetyl in, in hazy IPAs. And I think some breweries rely on them so much that they get rushed. And so things aren't properly fermenting. And then all of a sudden you've got these huge D-bombs. And, but nobody notices because of all the juice and sweetness. And this... This, I get hop flavor. It, it's not my favorite beer. I'm probably not going to order that. Well, I just took a second sip. Before Hazy, I'm okay. The first flavor I get is hop and a little bitterness. And that's huge. That's what's important. And now I wonder, how does this beer do with Hazy fans? Because that's not what Hazy fans want. Right, it's probably too bitter. But for us who like bitter IPAs and are enjoying the fact that it, you know, it's a different style, it still gives me that bitter, and then I get a little bit of that juicy in the middle. And then I kind of get bitter at the end again. So it actually, it's well balanced. It works. Yeah, you just made that face. I like the You Can't Silence the Lamb a lot. Yeah, I just, I tasted, like I just tasted this You Can't Silence the Lamb pale ale brewed in memory of Brian Lamb and in support of Northwest Sarcoma Foundation. Flavors and aromas of grapefruit, peach, and juicy fruit gum. I get the peach a lot. That's really good. Dollar per pint sold in July goes to that foundation. That. I know. Bro, we're going to we're gonna have to pick like a, a beer of the week, and it's going to be tough. I know. And we still have four more we haven't tried yet either. I know. So the last four is we got the Goza, which, as you heard a couple episodes ago, the two of no us mean. are a little, little risky with the Gozas. Well, we talked about it with the salt shaker. Like, I'm not a salt kid. It, it's tough for me. But, got, but, 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 things done well, I'm okay with. So we've got that. Haven't tried it yet. We've got the Agave Golden. Haven't tried that yet. We've got the Gretel's uh, Delight, which I'm very excited about. The Coffee Cake Stout, which is right up my alley. Oh, that paper maker's still tasting good, too. Classic. And then we've got the the Mott's Fantasy. Fan- oh, it's Fantasy. <laughs> Watch there an extra eye there. <laughs> it means fancy words. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It literally means fancy words in, in okay. French. Misspelled intentionally. Gotcha. Okay. That's why I got confused. That's the Belgian style quad. And then we've also got the gin barrel aged 509 sitting over here by itself. Um, where do you want to start? You want to do the Goza? Because. Oh, boy. I know. But. But. 
like you said, right? Oh, boy. Light, easy-drinking summer sour ale backed by a touch of coriander and salinity from Jacobson Pinot Noir Sea Salt. So we were talking with we were talking with Mike before we started, and he said he got some sea salt that's, like, infused with Pinot Noir, some crazy stuff like that. That is an aspect that I've never thought of because I've had tons of gozes, especially with Jacobson Sea Salt. You know, everybody uses Jacobson Sea Salt. They're, like, they own the market, basically. Uh, but I haven't seen, like, a variety of of that sea salt doing something else. So Well, try this. Let me give it a shot. The first sip I just had, this is the least salty goza I've ever had in terms of, like, punching you in the face with salt flavor because I think if it is the Pinot Noir salt, it tempers it a lot. It makes it, it, makes it to me, taste more like... Um, I'm probably going to say this wrong. I don't know exactly what style I should say for this, but it doesn't taste like a goza. Uh, it, to me, at least. It tastes like... It tastes like a style that I enjoy more, I yeah, guess is a better I, way to put it. I get some nice tartness from it. Um, the biggest thing for me, see, I don't mind I don't mind the flavor of salt in a goza. It's the finish. And I think the finish is meant to be this way, but it's something I don't dig. It's dirty socks. Every time I drink a goza, I'm like, ooh, this is nice, and now my mouth tastes like dirty socks. This does not taste like dirty socks. I don't know if that means it's too par if that it's too style but i will drink something that doesn't taste like dirty socks to me um some people love that stuff though the agave the agave golden is the strongest beer we've had so far in terms of instantly hitting you with the flavor oh really yeah i will say that's my least favorite that i've tried so far okay and i was actually expecting to like that a little bit but i also don't like tequila so if agave is used in it, maybe Oof. that's a flavor that I don't like very much. You are crazy, my man. <laughs> I just don't Absolutely enjoy tequila. Absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, so that's... Tequila is life. Well, then you're probably going to love that beer. Yes. Um, but for me, for me, that is uh, not exactly my go-to right there. But we're getting into the dark range, which is very, very exciting. See? Very strong right off the bat. Ooh, I dig it. It has like, like a... I don't know if it's because it just came off the Goza, but... It's like a touch of tartness, just just a touch. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, it's like deep diving into it. I've. I don't know if I've ever had a beer with agave nectar. I don't think I have either. But I like tequila. <laughs> In fact, I would argue, I love tequila. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a little thing. So we're gonna we're gonna flash back into the youth of of, of Patrick Harris as as wild a time as that was. It was wild, guys, so get, um, get ready. My father, you know, who is, who is no longer with us, uh, was, was, was a, such a sweet, gentle giant. Um, I am a short man. My father was a large man, and that's just kind of how things go. Well, your mom's very short, so you got yes. your mom's genes right. Yep, yep. And, and her parents are short, too. Apologies. It's okay. I'm okay being short. I'm, I'm over it. Um, my father was never a big drinker, okay? He would have some beers, hang out, but he some wine. He was never a big drinker. But he always, his favorite things in the entire world were Negro Modelo and tequila. And so it's like when the old man was like, I feel like drinking some tequila, so you're saying everyone he, had tequila. He liked Mexican restaurants a lot. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> so it was one of those things like when, when dad wanted to open a bottle of tequila and dad wanted to sip on some tequila, you didn't say no. Okay. Yeah. Cause the so old man when, did you, when did you first have tequila then? 21, obviously. Oh, wink, wink, duh. Yeah, legally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was probably drinking crappy tequila. I don't think I got into tequila till I was like 25. Well, but you're saying your dad was like 
I'm assuming he let you try it when you were younger, right? If no. he was that into it? No. Really? No. My Staunchly old man, against My that? old man bought me beer once before I was 21, and it was on a rafting trip in Idaho six days before my 21st birthday. Hmm. He's it's like, only, ah, you're close enough. It's the only time my dad ever bought me beer, and he handed me that beer and gave me this look like, don't ever ask for anything like this <laughs> ever again. <laughs> He's a good dude. It's just as simple as one beer. He's a good beer. guy. So that's that's the story of Marty Harris. If you're ever curious, Marty's a cool dude. So, yeah, so that's the the story of the agave nectar uh, golden ale right there, too. <laughs> all tied in together. I just, I swear Mike brewed this beer thinking of my dad. Exactly. That's always. He's never met him. But well, no. He's totally like, oh, I feel this guy somewhere. Well, that's the cool thing, too, is we've talked about this kind of on maybe like maybe not exactly as specifically as this, but it's sometimes drinking beer or anything or eating, it'll remind you of experiences, and that makes it even better. So that beer reminds you of your dad. Beer reminds me of my dad. That's awesome. I miss my dad. It was his birthday the other day. There you go. Happy whatever You'd birthday it would have been, Papa Harris. 62. There you go. Happy 62nd birthday, Papa Harris. Holla. Hopefully you're listening from wherever you are at the moment. Uh, that Gretel's Delight is quite nice. It is. It's quite nice. I know. I had a sip. It is quite nice. Um, it doesn't taste 7-3. Um, no. I, I feel it's pretty dry. The next beer does I'm taste like, 12%, sc- though. <laughs> I'm, like, scared critiquing beers as Hunsaker's sitting next to us, not on a mic, that he's just like, oh, these guys again. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying our best, Mike. <laughs> I, one of the things I like about Gretel's Delight is it's dry. It's kind of dry to me. It's got all these great flavors, and, and you know, you see coffee cake stout. You're kind of like, all right, there's going to be a touch you of sweetness, sweet, yeah. but, but, but balanced, you know. And it comes off kind of dry to me, and I kind of dig that. Well, I think it's almost like you think oh, about God. the crust. Okay, that, you'll taste the alcohol in that one. <laughs> it smells like <laughs> booze. Uh, I think you think about, like, a crust of a cake or, like, uh, the back end of a cake. You're going to get some dryness, right? You're going to get the sweet icing on the top, and then you're going to get the dryness of the cake, and that's what you get. You get the really sweet cinnamon cake right off the top and then you get dry because you got the crust that's what it tastes like to me it tastes like a slice of cinnamon cake basically uh mods fantasy the pinot noir barrel comes through quite nice um that's a really cool beer this one's really good too i tried this one try the gin barrel 509 yeah that one is uh, i'm still trying to i'm still trying to devour this mods fantasy devour it uh (laughs) devour i mean like i don't know I was like, "What's happening?" Infuse. I don't know. Are what you I'm trying to, to chug this? The rest. No, of the no, sample? no. I'm trying to develop some thoughts about this beer. Um, well, you probably don't have quads too often, huh? No, I'm not a home brewer. Uh, that's that's the joke. It's like uh, we got this guy that works for us. Uh, he's a, been a home brewer for a long time. Used to work in the kitchen at Decom, and now he's uh, part of the brew staff. And. You put a quad, a tripel, like all these older European styles in front of him, and he just goes bananas for him. So I'm thinking, I taste this beer, and I'm thinking of you, Andy. I know you're not listening, but I'm thinking of you. Well, here, I'm going to help you because I know you're getting this right off the bat, too. You get the Britannomyces. Without a doubt. Right? First thing you taste. Maybe not the first thing you taste. I like a little bit of Brett in my life. The first strong flavor I got was the Britannomyces in this beer. Mm -hmm. And then you get kind of like a – almost like a – What's the right way to put it? Like a like a fruit strand, like one of those like chewy fruit strands that you, you eat. Oh yeah, okay. Like I kind of get that little bit of a flavor in there a little bit. Okay. Um it says it has cranberries and dark fruit. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm right because I'm learning and trying my best. God, you're so smart, Mike. <laughs> uh, oak and a touch of funk, which I tend to 
relate to the Britannomyces anyway. Mm-hmm. Touch of funk. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and oak. Pinot, Pinot Noir for sure. That's what I would say. I, think I, I struggle with getting the wood flavor in most, you, in general in beers. Yeah. But I, I'll see I, if I can find it. I think I've been, you know, over the last probably two or three years of my life, I've really been diving into kind of barrel-aged barrel aged sours, especially with fruit, like kind of that Lambic-inspired kind of stuff that tends to be where I go. So I've had a lot of exposure to wood and stuff like that. I think... That's what she said. You're, <laughs> you're totally right that the Brett comes through really nicely up front. I love the barrel character of this beer. I think the oak, the Pinot Noir comes through very, very nicely, and everything else is just kind of adding to it. I think now know? that I've had the second sip, the very end of the palate is getting a lot of that oak wood on it. As I'm like sitting here letting it rest. Let's put it this way, I'm Mike. getting it at the back of my tongue a little bit. I would drink a 12-ounce pour of that. Wow. Yeah, I would. I would. I know. I know. And people say to me, people say to me like uh like like my buddy Andy who works for us that I always laugh at. I like we like it's a running joke. He's like, "Okay, man, we'll enjoy that IPA that tastes like everybody else's IPA." And I'm like, "All right, kid, you home brewer, enjoy that <laughs> quad just so you can get drunk." Uh this is quite nice. This is quite nice. Uh I think and I think for my palate these days you know, because I feel pretty, I feel pretty dialed in on hoppy beers. I feel pretty dialed in on um, certain kinds of lagers, like yellow beer. Um, I really, really love the concept of wood with with barrels and stuff. Yep. I, I, I work next to a guy every day that kind of runs our barrel program, and I mean, he's crazy. He's you know, crazy like a s house rat, you know. <laughs> um, uh, he's a great dude, but he talks to me about barrels and wood and oak in a way that, like, somebody talks to you about, like, programming a computer, and you're kind of like, but it's just wood. And so I'm, like, really fascinated by and it And you right say now. that to him, and he goes, it's not just wood. It's not just wood. You yeah. understand. Yeah. So uh, right now, currently in, like, my personal, like, not even work life or podcast life, I mean, like, in my personal life, I'm kind of obsessed with wood character right now. All right. Well. I've probably gotten drunk around too many campfires. Guess before. what? You have another barrel-aged beer right in front of you that you got to taste. It's the last one in front of us. I am someone who does not like gin. It is my probably my missing l- out. It is probably my least favorite hard alcohol. That beer makes me want to try gin more. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Well, I think the biggest it's thing, a gin barrel-aged pale, by the way. Like to go on a tangent real quick about gin. I think gin gets a really bad reputation with some people because everybody just thinks it's juniper and pine needles and. And it's like, I don't want to drink liquor that tastes like Christmas trees. Well, you're drinking bad gin. That's the problem. <laughs> like, if you want if, to enjoy gin, like, I have a bottle of Hendrix in my house at all times. Okay. And I don't even really drink a lot of liquor at my house. But I have it because that's Because it makes gin. you feel cool? No, it's good gin in the sense that it's not just juniper. It's coriander. It's orange peel. It's it's zest. It's it's all these different kind of kind of spices and 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 herbs that go into it to make it more complete. It's it's kind of the same thing like beer, you know. You can take you can have a a Budweiser, a, a Coors Banquet, a Rainier, and be like, yeah, that's great, I dig it. But there's no complexity to it. You see what I mean? Yeah. And drinking, I guess nobody in the spirit world is probably listening to this, but drinking beef eater gin, I'm just like, okay, it's boring. It's like here's your flavor, that's it, and I'm done. Well, do you? And do then you, you get into like 
a uh, a Hendrix, for example, and you're like, whoa. There's they even show you on the pamphlet like what spices they use and what herbs and orange peel and stuff like that they use, and you're like, oh, I can taste that. I can taste that instead of just Merry Christmas. <laughs> can I gain some respect back by saying that my favorite is like whiskey and bourbon mm-hmm. because to me it has depth of flavor. Yeah. Uh, I just the gin flavors never really resonated with me in the same way. Yeah, but I, maybe I've only ever had bad gin. I don't drink vodka because I tell people it's like filtered ethanol. <laughs> and they're like, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, actually, it kind of does. Yeah, vodka's awful. Yeah, it's just. I don't it, like vodka. <laughs> it's just filtered ethanol. That's right. all it is. Uh, okay, so there's all the beers. We're going to have a really hard time picking beer. Really week. hard time picking beer. Although I think I have a lean right now. But that'll be coming up in a couple of segments. I do got to ask you a question. Yes. Before we wrap up this segment. How's your food? Delicious. Yeah? I was going to say, I want to stop talking so I can eat the food. Right. But uh, I had a couple of bites of these Luger fries, which. I had to get. I saw that on the menu. I was like, I can't get a large because I'm going to be a fat ass. Yeah, Mike, but you are you are fat kid loves cake all over it, dude. It's so good. I love you. But this burger, <laughs> I've only had one bite so far because it exploded all over my hands. <laughs> but it's the Bon Me burger, and first bite was delicious. And you know me, burgers, mm-hmm. everything, 100 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw. I was like, okay, I've been here once before. It was for the one year anniversary. The menu was different. I want to get a burger, but I want to get something that's really different than I normally get, which is this. I knew so you'd get a burger. When we come back, I'll tell you more how I feel about it because I okay. had one bite. But uh, I've got I've got a pork bowl with rice. You demolished the egg on top of it. Let me tell you. Well, no, I mixed, mixed it around. It yeah, okay. yeah. And there's like snap peas in here, and there's pork, and there's kimchi and daikon carrots, and this is Patrick Harris food right here. So we will tell you more about that when we come back because we haven't had a chance to really eat yet, and uh, we'll also have Mike Hunsker with us when we come back. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. All right, it's interview portion time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Mike Hunsker sitting down with us, although you heard him in the last segment talking from a distance over the microphone as we were talking to him as he was sitting down. Thank you so much for having us back out, Mike. I don't know. Thanks for coming. Congratulations, boys. I don't know how we're going to get through this. No, it's pretty great. We'll get through through it like we get through everything else, okay? All right, all right, all right. Fake it till you make it. Power and vigor and Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, whoa. Whoa. That's that's how we get through it. And a slight stumble. And a slight stumble. Um Let's start with, so it's been basically one full year since we were last here. Right. We I think we sat at the same table, too. This exact same is table. Is this your table, Mike? Yeah, it is my it's table. It's your table. It's right to my work. Yeah. <laughs> exact same table. We talked mostly about West Coast IPAs with you, a little bit about Grains of Wrath, yeah, yeah. but I want to spend more time focusing on Grains for this, for this podcast episode here. Yep. And I guess the first question is, over the last year, how would you describe the change that this brewery has gone through? Because just sitting here with all the beers that we have today versus what we saw on the board I mean, a year st- ago is very stri- different. Strictly to beer. I mean, you know, we came out of the gate, and I was I was super proud um, how we came out. Um, you know, you, you hope that you're not, you know, uh, people can't you know see my hands, but you hope you're not so far away when you first come out that you have such a, a huge margin to make up. It was, a, it was a smaller margin than we expected, so we were super proud and happy with that. So... Most of it's been kind of tweaking um, and just really feeling comfortable um, and kind of just trusting the equipment and what we're doing and um, just uh, enjoying ourselves. Owen, Owen and I uh, um, have a great time, you know, in the, in the back room. And, and uh, Pat Way, uh, who's one of our bartenders, uh, helps us out in the back as well. And 
Um, it, you know, it's it's a matter of just being being present and honest with yourself about the beer. You know, we don't try to pull any any anything over our own eyes as far as um, if we do or don't like something. You know, you're not going to get better unless you're honest. So, uh, but we, I think the system is. You know, we we're just kind of dialed in our process, and we're super proud of that. Are you making more variety than you expected at this point, or is yes. this more exact? Oh no, 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 a, a ton. Um, so you know, being when I when I brewed in Portland, you know, it uh, especially four years ago, you're talking about it was uh, it was a one beer town, you know, with the it was IPA, and then still with, is a one beer uh, town. Yeah, <laughs> and w- w- with the occasional Stop. with the occasional <laughs> lager. Oh, they're coming around with the occasional lager or or saison or sour, but. The minute we came across here, we realized that there's a that people are a little more open to other things. Um, you know, four years ago, I thought was, this area was uh, was behind by a lot, and it was. But their palates have caught this up. This area, like Camas, you mean specifically? Like Vancouver, they, they this side of the river, the okay. North Bank. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I grew up here. I know what you're talking about. It was a big area for ambers, and at no point do I want to make an amber. You know, but in those years since I've moved here. It's become a huge, uh, huge change here. Um, I think I think it's from several things. I think it's people moving from other states. I think it's from people moving from Portland across the river. So the the beer acumen has definitely jumped. Um, but they're way more open to trying new beers, and it's so cool as a brewer. Um, you know, I don't have to make just one style of beer. I get to make all the beers I want to make. I want to make th- th- all different types of lagers. I want to make German style, uh, you know, Bavarian style Hefeweizen. I want to make Dunkelweizen. Um, Goza, you know, just just run the gamut, and this has been really open. This area is really open to trying new things, and really kind of jumping on the bandwagon with it too. So it's pretty great. Have you have you started to think of styles to brew for the community, or is it more of just you're still able? You know, they're so exploratory and willing to check something, learn something that you can do whatever you want. Or have you had a moment where you're like? Maybe I should do this style. This group would really like it. Well, you know what? I'm not going to brew anything I wouldn't want to brew just just for other people. I mean, yeah. that probably doesn't sound good as far as on the businessman side of things. Yeah. But as far as a brewer. Hey, no, nobody gets into brewing for business. Well, you know, <laughs> you're not here to get rich by any yeah. means. Uh, you're just here for the glory of, you know, 40-year-old men. <laughs> um, you know, I'm in my 40s. <laughs> hey, so dude, I'm, I'm not far behind no, you, no, so yeah. I'm not knocking. Uh, no, but honestly, uh, um, I like... We like brewing lots of different styles of beer, so um, we we throw them out there, and um, there's been some misses, for sure. And then you know, but I'm pleasantly surprised by most of the reaction we get. You talk about honesty too in, in brewing your beer. You said misses there too. So, I mean, I, I don't know the best way to ask this. Like, how frequently does it happen that you have a miss where you're like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have put that on the keg, or do you not even let that get that far? No, I'm. Um, uh, it's not a miss as in as in putting out a a poor product because we, we just wouldn't do that. Right. But as far as just whatever style that we did, I'll I'll tell you exactly off the top. Um, uh, one of the first beers we opened with it was called Lulu. It was, it was a tart peach beer, uh, one that actually did well when I was um, across the river at Fatheads. Um, that I came up with, and, and it was it was simple, fruity, little tart, and there was like eight people that drank it here. And I thought it would have been like one of our big, like just you know, kill it. simple beers. Yeah. Yeah. Kill it, and I was couldn't have been more wrong. Could have been more wrong. But the Pilsner took off, and I'm like, oh, the Dunkelweizen, you know, the 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 Vienna Lager. And I was like, this is I'm I'm good, you know. Um, but really, I, 
the the Lulu sat on a little longer than we wanted to, and then we finally just dumped it because it just wasn't moving, and it wasn't something that we were all that proud of to begin with. And, you know, we kind of one of those that uh, uh, my good friend Ben Edmonds, when he came in here, and I said, well, you know, I got one of those beers on, and he just looked at me and he goes, why? And I was like, it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I thought it'd be one of those kind of beers that would actually take off for us and be able to allow us to make some margins so I can afford all yeah, my get, nice get top Get some contracts. people in, get, get people excited and about I was, something. I was wrong, so that beer will not be made again. So, But others that, like I said, um, have, you know, Weizenbach and other wheat beers, people are totally open to trying. So what's one then that surprised you with how well-received it was? Oh. Um, like that you knew it was good and you were going to put on for a little bit, but then everyone was like, yes, I need this beer uh, right uh, now. Uh, uh, on our first uh, opening, opening tap list, I, I mentioned it, uh, the Dunkelweizen. I, I, you know, I was trying to grow up that yeast to make um, uh, the half, and I just said, no, I don't want to come out with just the half. Um, and it was March, you know, still kind of, you know, a little cold and a little wet. So something a little more, uh, had a little more depth to it, and and it it bought. I mean, it, people killed it. And I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is something that I, wasn't, I didn't expect at all. So yeah. Speaking speaking of the town, and you know, grains of wrath. If if you haven't been out here, you get off the freeway, you roll into downtown. It's literally a right and a left. You can't miss it. You can't can spit it. on it from the freeway. Right. Um, what have you seen? I'm trying to find a way to explain this so you don't. I don't want you to sound like feel like you need to be arrogant or anything, but what have you? What has Grains of Wrath done for Camus? I would. I, I want to know. You know what? I think it's brought people here. I mean, you know, the beer community is very. They'll travel, mm-hmm. as we all know, um, and I think it's brought more people to downtown Camus than would have come out here re- anyways. You know, um, it has had uh, a reputation over the last seventy years as being that stinky mill town. And oh, yeah, man, I went to high school in Vancouver. We used yeah. to throw toilet paper uh, at the basketball games because yeah, right. we, like, make fun of them. Right, and, and uh, <laughs> people in Troutdale and, and, and had to hate us because it blows across the river. <laughs> yeah. But um, a lot of that, they, they put, you know, scrubbers on it, and it's not nearly, they don't put as much production out. And so this town has actually, like, done a complete 180 compared to what it was even 15 years ago. Um, from what I understand, 15 years ago, this is still kind of a, um, uh, you know, a mill, biker kind of like dive bar town and it couldn't be anything further from that now i mean it's a it's a you know upper middle class area so. are, are you noticing that change in the town changing the beer that's being purchased here or, or enjoyed here well i think everyone has been beer fans in the beginning so you know and i, I think the ipa is always going to be king so people started coming in here to begin with and then it was just uh I mean, you no, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, beer savvy town, you know. Um, it was, it was more than I expected, because there wasn't a whole lot here before. So um, when I opened up, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was very um, encouraging. All respects towards it, but would you say more, more advanced than say Vancouver? Not to take a shot at them, but I know what you mean when you talk about the palates being a little well, set. How back. about this? I don't think anyone, um, again, and it's not a negative in the. At, at Vancouver, but I don't know any of the breweries there, uh, with the exception of maybe um, Brothers Cascadia, that makes a wide range of beers. Yeah. Everyone kind of stays within their comfort zone. A lot of hazies, um, you know, uh, pastry stouts and stuff like that, and that's great. But I, you know, th- the range of beers we have here, I think, is kind of you can find one for anybody. And then, you know, 
um, as a point of pride between Washington or uh, uh, Washougal and Camas together, which is kind of a a bit large community of its own. Um, you know, between 5440 and now Logsdon being in yeah. town, the uh, Brett Kings up I'll, there. I'll put that one, two, three against any on this side. I like over. that. That Pepsi challenge. I'll do I that. that. Uh, I kind of want to ask, uh, switching switching kind of gears here for a little bit. Uh, we were talking a little bit about you know your impact here. I'm interested in your impact on the state of Washington. Um, I think it's really easy. It's easy for you know us on this podcast and for me in, in my personal work and my job and my just beer drinking life to look at Oregon in a bubble. And you know we know we know who the good breweries are. We know who. You know, whether it's Tanya at Ten Barrel or it's, you know, Tyler out at, at, at Barley Browns. We know we know the players. Josh Every, Freeman. Josh Freeman. We know all the guys. And the Washington side, I'm curious, because you have so much, whether you realize it or not, you have so much Portland influence in your brewing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you have so you. much Portland influence no. in your brewing. I think that's why so many Portlanders are willing to drive out to Camas, willing to drink your beer, because it, it seems familiar in a sense. Uh, I, I agree. Um I, I still consider myself a Portland brewer. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got out here and um, from being an unwanted brewery and then suddenly, you know, but the everyone, like, including customers, when they were like, you're one of us. And I was like, thanks. F&A. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and I'm proud of that and, and the relationships I have over there. Um, being not, so Portland's the epicenter of Oregon, mm-hmm. you know. Seattle's the epicenter of Washington. Truth. So we are couldn't be further from Seattle than anyone else. I mean, Vancouver's the third biggest city in in Washington, and you're not even in Vancouver. No, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But you know what? Um, we've opened a lot of eyes. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just saying myself, but the North Bank Brewers in the past two years. So three years ago, um, before we opened up, um, we had the as a whole, Vancouver, you know, the North Bank, Southwest here. Washington. Southwest yeah, you Washington. guys call it North Bank, right? We had the um, the second lowest medal count at Washington Beer Awards um, of any of the areas in Washington. In the past two years, we're number two, and this year was a close two. And I imagine um, Seattle's number one. Seattle's number one, but so much just just sheer amount of breweries. You want to go bang for your buck? We're it. You're it. I mean, really, as far as I'm from, so proud from white, of from the white group sam- that we have From White here. Salmon to downtown Vancouver, yeah, there's not a ton. No, I mean, you know, Shane. Uh, um, I'm sorry, Shane. Zane over at, uh, um, uh, at Trapdoor, killing it with the hazies. Uh, the guys at Lewitt, um, uh, Fortside, uh, Brothers Cascadia. I, you know, I couldn't be more proud of of this group. We, you know. There's a lot of gold going home this 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 past year. Well, where does where does uh, you know and and to dive into that a little bit more, the Seattle kids do they know you exist? We're do those friends. brewers the up brewers. there yeah, are they kind of looking at you like I've known uh, them since Fathead's days. Okay, so okay. you know, you know, I just like Steve I have this look at Cloudburst and and you know I have this thought in my head, this like vision that it's like, who are those guys in? Kim's? Well, you know what I, I'll say this: Should it we was be watching out for those Kamas? guys? Kamas? yeah, right. <laughs> well, well, last year we came out and we were open for three months and we won six medals in very small brewery of the year. And that's and so pe- ridiculous. And people were like, Which, by the way, was an award that didn't exist before they gave it to you. <laughs> right? No, it wasn't. They made it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, they did. They never had anyone who never made beer before win a medal, much or more than one medal. <laughs> um, and so um, it was kind of a it was a great way of of being like. Hey, it's not all about King County, guys. 
you know, we're here. And it was, it was a great coming out party. So this year was, I was quietly stressed, like, you know, we need to get one. You know, please give me one, just so we're not a one-hit wonder. And people were like, okay, go back to, go back to the south. And what'd you snag four, five, five? <laughs> that a boy, four golds and a bronze, so, yeah, including IPA. So I was pretty stoked about that. that one, boy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I'm always interested in this with metal stuff. You know, um, do you see? Have you seen uptick in business? Do, mm. To be honest, Huge. do the regulars care? Yes. Because like I work at a place. We have giant. We have metals all over the wall. And then people just are like, oh, every brewery has metals. You know what? Do um, your client, do they see it? Are they you do, seeing you know more what? traffic I, I, from I, I, it? I'm seeing more traffic, and um, our locals are starting to really take a lot of ownership of this place. And, like, this is their spot. And, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming more of a we're winning medals, you know, people who are here all the time and people who are part of our mug club and all that. You know, they find pride in that, and that's awesome. I love that. Love that. They feel like they're making the beer with you yeah, by well, spending they're their helping, dollar. They're helping. Yeah. yeah. And, and we are twice as, at least twice as busy, if not three times as busy as we were last year. Um, we were still kind of uh, trying to find our, our legs. We were new. You know, it was a rough summer of, you know, 100 degrees. So our patio was a tough place to, to hang out, which is why we opened it. But this year it's been a good year. We're here. We kind of, you know, the kitchen is, is making great food. Um, our staff is great. Uh, I had a great Bombay burger <laughs> and a <laughs> surprise. Yeah. And, and yeah, we're super proud of what we're doing here. So not just it's not just about the beer. So also with the growth, you guys have been. Uh, maybe this is just what I'm seeing based on where I live, but I'm seeing your cans way more frequently. I'm seeing more of your beers canned and presented more to those of us who live in the Portland Beaverton area. How has that gone? How has how has that been different than what you expected? How much growth has that brought to you, at least in um, your estimation? It, it's been good. Um, I was actually against it, so um, my partner Brendan Green and um, you know kind of tried to he sold me on the value of, of getting some cans out there, so we can spread things out a little more than just bulk. So we can have a couple cases go here, a couple cases go there, instead of just one one you know full keg going to one place. Right. We can get to eight other spots. So it's been it's been good. Um, we've got to see our our beer being traded across the country. You know, I'm seeing people checking into the beer in North Carolina, and, and you're in, like, and "That's not." York. How did you get that? <laughs> I was like, "What the? <laughs> f- like, what is going on?" Uh, but it's it's awesome because that's that's I want to you know whether you you have to learn whether you love or hate that culture. It's part of the culture, the trading culture, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, actually, hint, hint, working on a secret project about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll tell you sometime off the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> love to hear it. Um, it's it, so it's not. It, it's now. It's cool where where I'm actually. You know, I'll I'll jump on and I'll be on social social media. Sorry, and uh, they'll say um, I'll see someone post on there. Hey, I need some of this GOW dystopia. You know, in search of. You know, and it's it's kind of cool. I mean, in, in its own it's way. Nice to be loved. It's, it's well. It's not even. Just, it's just nice. Yeah. Of it's course nice, it is. Yeah. You know, it's nice to be appreciated, but it's it's neat when people are checking in across the country and being like, wow, you know, West Coast IPA, you know, isn't dead, you know, which is, you know, we joke about entering a GABF as a historical style, but, you know, it's uh, it's coming back. When you guys won for Vienna Lager, I about lost my ass. <laughs> Me too. I was sitting there, and I saw you and Owen get up, and I was, like, looking at the rest of our crew, and I was like, guys, guys, look, 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 and everybody was like, 
I'm mad we don't have medals. <laughs> and I was like, stop, oh. dude. These kids are killing it right uh, now. You know what? We're all, it's all love, dude. We all sat together. And, oh, man. You know? As that little kid said in that viral video, don't forget to show love. <laughs> uh, I was like a kid in a candy store. I saw you go up there, and then I think there was like a – it was like a dark beer of some sort, whether it was a stout or a porter. It might have been barrel-aged, too. Lewitt won a medal. Yeah. But they didn't have anybody there, so no. then nobody walked up. And I was like, guys, 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 Lewitt just won a medal. And everybody's like, who the hell is that? And oh, I was like, oh, no, that's my spot. On, Those are my peeps. Yeah, Those really are my good. downtown Vancouver you know, peeps. There's a, there's a lot of spots. Um, uh, um, Ryan over at uh, at Barrel Mountain, oh yeah, has been killing it with some stouts. Yeah, so he won a uh, watch a um, uh, World Beer Cup. Yeah, you know, so there's a lot more stuff here than people are giving us credit for. Is there anything business side related that could be canning or not that has been more difficult or maybe more hardball than you expected? Like, do some places come to you and you're like, hey, we'd like to, to sell you our cans. And they're like, well, we're going to expect this price and this, 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 and that. And it's really, really, really difficult. I don't really have to deal with that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually very lucky that way. Um, as, far as, as far as the beer goes, um, we're, we're, we're small enough. It sells, you know, people are, are, it's in demand. And we're small enough where it's, you know, people are grabbing it at the minute it's, it, it's, the, gotcha. it's the market. So um, I'm very thankful that, you know, we haven't gotten to that point, that point yet. We have too much salesmanship involved this is kind of is what we got what about the future then though so you're going to keep growing right that's, that's what I, that's where i was going if next. you're exponentially growing to oh. triple the amount of people here so in the last year then we want to um uh yeah we're talking we, we just sort of talks about you know opening up a, a small production facility um with limited growth i don't I, you know not trying to get too big i'd love to stay at like fifteen thousand barrels and that'd be it just make keep a small tight-knit group of people with the same vision of our beer Everyone has a good life. Everyone gets paid well. Everyone has time for their families. It's not just people coming in and punching a clock. But be able to have that same passion. Like when I came to Fatheads, Christ, eight years ago now, um, you know, and it was like there was five of us in production, five, including being on the battling line, um, jumping back and forth. And But we had, man, we had this swagger. We are like, we want to make best damn beer in Ohio and in the Midwest and and, it, and the pride and I don't want to lose that I don't want people to be you know in and out and changing brewers all the time if I can help it I mean you know it's part of the business but I'd like to keep it small and just keep the quality where at no point if we ever see waning quality then that's where we're at that's where we stop I've got I've got along those lines a kind of two-part question for you not just for you guys but what's what what's the What's the, I don't want to say immediate, but the short-term future of North Bank Brewing? Of, of From White Salmon to Vancouver. What, what's the future? What, what's the next step for you guys? For us? Not uh, just for grains, but, but I mean, you're, you're, you're well tight into the community, you know, you from know, whether you're downtown Vancouver or your brothers in Cascadia or Barrel and Battleground or Walking Man This is so Walking cool Man watching right now that everyone's upping their game, like, like legit upping their game. Not just like time to play with big boys kind of thing. Yeah, I mean guys at everybody's get forgotten about, but you know, um, I was just there this past weekend. Those boys aren't aren't messing around. They they got a brand new facility that's absolutely beautiful, um, uh, and they're making great beer. And they get almost kind of forgotten about because they're right across the river from Frame, and they're further out from Portland or or even this area. But those guys are making great stuff. Um, uh, 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 
Dwinnell's doing some cool stuff out, like, you know, mixed uh, fermentation and, and uh, that, that kind of stuff out in Goldendale. Uh, this area is still wide open, and it's it's still very young, very young. I mean, Sky's the limit kind of thing. I mean, really, if you look, I mean, um, just just brewers that had brewed at other places before where they're at now is probably the vast minority. So everyone's getting their, fir their first legs underneath them and going, and the beer's getting really good for guys that really had no experience before, which I think is super impressive. My second, my second part of that is I talked, I don't know when it was, but it was kind of near the beginning of this calendar year about uh, the trend of craft loggers becoming kind of the thing. Oh, yeah. And here we are. You said the crispy bros. I thought that was a great term <laughs> earlier. You said it off air. I probably wasn't supposed to say that, but uh, but I enjoyed that. I got a good kick out of it. It's a whole new group. Yeah, it's a whole yeah, new. Yeah, group. the pastry boys and yeah, the, the pastry the boys, boys and the crispy boys. Yeah, <laughs> and so we saw it's that. It's got to stop at some point. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just be a beer lover. <laughs> and so we saw the craft lager take off, and it's still doing well. It's still doing really strong, oh, and everybody's excited about it. And I think brewers are really excited because. Brewers like making loggers, yes. and so they're, they're harder to make. They're harder to make. There's actually a there's a clientele for it now. I'm yes. curious, Mike, if you can look into your crystal ball. What's next? Horizontal I got, loggering I, tanks. <laughs> I'm talking about. In <laughs> I, terms, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like, where where do you think we can go? Like, do we is is now is the next craze just quality? Is there a new style? Is there or a bounce, a is there sure a bounce back so. to West Coast IPAs where they're uh, going to go, a, hey, let's I, go I think more people, uh, um, uh, Bar owners or craft beer no, um, bar owners are talking about that already thing. There's, oh, there's already a shift moving back. I'm noticing it um, too. Which yeah. is awesome. I mean, you know, we, we make a, a, a hazy, which um, I, I, I think is a quality beer. Um, we make it for the people that want to come in here. But really, it's our, of our hoppy beers, it's maybe our fourth or fifth bestseller. Um so it's, I think it's great because I, I like to make West Coast style beers. That's so you're even starting to, to see the West Coast trend pick back up in your sales. Oh, it's never never been anything different. Yeah, I guess that's true. Never been anything different. I yeah. mean, we, we, we'll sell hazies, but it's not like when you go someplace and all you see is juice. Right. You know, here it's, oh, there's one over there, there's one over there, there's one over there. That's great. But no, we're, the, the West Coast is um, the alive and well in Camas. You happy you left the Midwest to come to the West Coast? Yeah, we're happy. To <laughs> have <my> language, sorry. <laughs> we're happy. To yeah, have I you. am. I'm never gonna go anywhere. Yeah, baby, you're with it. us now. I love it. Oh no, I'm here. That's hey, that's it. a New Yorker sitting across the table from me, right? Or New Jersey kid, New Jersey, right there. who says the same stuff. A New oh, Jersey, leaving West Coast, West Coast. Yeah, yeah. I, I can, I can go and visit and eat food. I miss food. Being from Chicago, pizza I and bagels. Food. I miss pizza. Uh, and anyone that's bagels, not from here always said anybody that's non-West Coast is like. I love it out here. The food sucks. It doesn't, it doesn't suck. suck. It's because you guys want your pizza no. and your fatties and well, your grease. And we like our kale and no. our snap peas, okay? No, no. no there's no diversity here. There's <laughs> no you. real diversity. No, we you just make go the to same Greek stuff. And we're like Taco Bell. It's the same ingredients, just 35 <laughs> different ways. Do you want the best <laughs> pub food in, in the country? You come to the West Coast, right? Sure. We can't get pub food like this where I grew up. No, no, it's different. But can I find an Italian place like I got growing up in New Jersey here? Nope. No, oh, there's no. no such thing as an Italian no. restaurant. Can you get a, can in, you get a beef sandwich, right? a Chicago beef sandwich anywhere? No, nope. actually, you can. A couple places that you know, I want you know, I want to plug those guys. But you can plug whoever you oh, want. Oh yeah, sandwich. Um, 
She kills it over in Portland, and Stanwich in Vancouver makes a legit beef sandwich. Sandwich and Stanwich. 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 <laughs> yeah. They do, though. It's great. It's a little taste of home. So, uh, um, can I get bagels like I can at home? No, I can't. No, you can't. No, I can't. So it's just can't it's find just any locks either. No. No, you can't. Well, well, actually, actually. Can you? I think you can. It's not the same quality, but you can find decent it's a different locks. different deal. Yeah. Every time I eat, I'm drunk on craft beer, so I'll I trade the beer for I, the food. I miss, <laughs> a, I, miss, I miss a good gyro, too. Yep. Yep. And I miss uh, pizza. Yeah. I miss pizza, man. But, but. <laughs> I know. We're like a pizza town, and Mike has pizza, and he's like, all this pizza sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very picky. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, uh but I get to wake up in the morning and see the mountains and the beautiful green. Yep. I wouldn't trade that. I can go. I can. They ship now. I can order that online. I can get Lou Malnati's shipped out here. Mm -hmm. I can get Portillo's beef sandwiches shipped out here for under 100 bucks. I'm good to go. You can't get Pequod's, <laughs> though. I do like me some No, Pequod's. but we're going back in September, uh, <laughs> taking her to Chicago for the Bears-Packers 100th year anniversary Ooh. game. Uh, my buddy Brent here. That's not a thing. big deal at all. That's the opening <laughs> game of the season, right? That's opening the Thursday game, night? Thursday night football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're getting hooked up. And I already told her, the minute the game's over, I'm calling Pequod's and having to ship to the, the hotel. We're just going <laughs> right, to, right home and eating Get Pequod's. ready for that cheesy crust. Oh, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. good. All right. Well, that's all the questions I had. Yeah, you want to keep reminiscing sorry. about I mean, we, I mean, we could sit here for hours yeah. and hours and hours. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but, yeah, so thank you, Mike, so much for having hey, us Hey, congratulations, out. guys. You guys have been doing a wonderful job. And, Thanks, man. Um, thank you. It's so fun to see you guys bringing some uh, some more. And, and to, uh, um, you know, your your, uh, your radio station for showing a little love for craft beer. And, and you know, we appreciate that as well. I think, the, I think the big thing that we stood by, you know, what the, 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 the foundation of this podcast is, is that we're here to teach. Yeah. We're here to have fun. We're here to enjoy, experience and talk about it. I think it's maybe too occasionally easy. we rant a little bit, but yeah. You know, but I think it's, it's I think it's too easy <laughs> right. to be. I think it's too easy to sit in this town and be like, "All right, I've got thirteen beers in front of me from Grains of Wrath, and yeah, that that dive bar lager's all right, and you know this stout's good, and the rest of it's kind of whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's cool to bash, you know, and we never wanted to be that. Oh, right. That's well, it's it's the Yelp, the yeah. Yelp mentality, yeah, and, and the untapped mentality. Yeah, I hate people. Yeah, and all we want, we just I want understand it. it drives the industry, but when I... Does when, it? When, or does it hurt the industry? Yeah, it, it hurts my soul. Yeah. When someone, I, I see someone on there, I don't even like IPAs, one star. Well, what's the point of even Yeah, right, jump off then. a cliff, just man. Do that doesn't make get any your, sense. Get your little badge, just check into it, just don't rate it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also, why did you choose the IPA if you don't like IPAs? Oh, well, you know, because you have to get your unique beers. Oh, every beers. single beer, right? Yeah, you, know, you know, 16 million I'm, a, I'm allergic to peanuts, and this peanut butter milk stout put me in anaphylactic <laughs> shock one star. One star. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, okay. Right. Mike Hutzker, stick around for Beer of the Week. Right. We have to pick what it is. We still haven't chosen Oh, it. good God. But uh, it's going to be tough because, like we said in the first segment. So you guys should wrestle. These <laughs> Well, then we know who's going to win that, that fight, right? Right, dude. I went to Patrick, the gym this Patrick's, morning. Patrick's feisty little I went guy, to the man. gym this morning, baby. <laughs> Not really. I woke up in a drunken hangover. <laughs> All right, let's do Beer of the Week next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris and Mike Hunsker. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We have put our heads together. 
uh, two very large heads and one very small head. Whoa, easy, easy. <laughs> I wear a seven and a half baseball hat. So. Seven, five, eights, I guess. You're I'm almost an eight. So. Damn. <laughs> Here I am. I'm like the kid. I'm that. That's um, why I said one small and two large heads. Well, I like. Pumpkin, dude. I have, a, I have a good sized head for the size of person I am. <laughs> you and Barry Bond should hang out. It's like my. It's. <laughs> For me, I it's, actually met him at Belco once. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> it's like the size of my feet. You know, I'm five six, five seven, and I wear a size twelve. You're like, oh man, hey, those feet are pretty big for a short guy. I'm like, hey, my head's pretty big for a short guy too. And then I with you yahoos, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're like <laughs> small head over there. Dude, I'm a huge fan of you hobbits. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we put old window licking mouth breather <laughs> over there. <laughs> so we put our proportionally Maybe. large heads and one disproportionately large head together. Oh, yeah. G-Shocks. Wow. <laughs> and picked our beer of the week, and we picked the uh, Frost Hammer Hellas Lager. Shocker! Right. Which is like our fifth Hellas Lager in the last ten episodes. It's been beer of the week, but it's okay because it's our favorite style right now. Hey, we're chasing Krispies, brah! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> never going to let that go. Oh, man. <laughs> so, tasty notes, what do you got? We've, we've uh, already had this one, so I can't feel God, like, oh, let's take a sip. We've already been drinking it. Uh, pull, pull, the, uh, pull the curtain back. We've been sitting here laughing and telling stories for a while, so I'm trying to keep my head together right now. I need to actually taste this beer. You're disproportionately large head together. I, I need to actually taste this beer <laughs> and construe some thoughts, so s- speak some words while I think. This okay. Is a, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> one star. <laughs> Mike, why don't you tell us your? This is the first time you ever brewed a Hellas Lager. Why don't you tell us it your is. thoughts? You about were very proud about this when we walked in today. So well, about, I mean, about for, doing for a, a Hellas first, for a first run. I'm super stoked where it's at. Um, you know, at, at stylistically, it's a super. You know, it's one of the most crushable German style lagers. Um, it's not too uh, not too hop forward, so it doesn't get you know doesn't put you know isn't off putting to people. It's lightly bittered. It's about you know hop you know uh, hop malt balance and a little bit malt uh, forward. So it's all uh, low alpha middle fruit and and you know it's one of those easy uh, easy drinking good beers. Um, I uh, I'll, I'll uh, give credit. I reached out to uh, Kevin Davy and a few other guys just to kind of give a basic idea of what I should be going for, and they helped me out. What do you think? Do you think there has been a shift in the Hellas Lager uh, in terms? Are we almost creating an American style Hellas Lager or a West Coast style Hellas Lager? Because I have some like an On Dex, for example, yeah. is very age. Vienna forward. Well, you to know where what? I'm not getting, Here's I don't get a ton of them in Americans, like local guys that are doing. Hellas. Understand that there's a lot of regionality even in Germany. So when you say Vienna, or you say Oktoberfest, especially Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest can be essentially a Dortmunder, just an Imperial Hellas. Right. So a, a light, just a, a little bit heavier on alcohol. An export, uh, yeah. Or, or one that goes as far as being a Meritzen. So, you know, it's, it, it's a, it, it's this huge, it depends on where you are in, yeah. in, in Germany. So I think we've all come, become accustomed to kind of like, you know, the Ondex version of where it's just this light, crisp, you know, kind of like Volbeer, you know, every man's beer kind of deal. So um, without ha- too much variation in it. But I will ask, though, do you think we're kind of, you said you reached out to some people about, you know, make sure you're going down the right path. Do you think we're creating kind of our own style of Hellas, or do you think we're trying to I, mimic certain regions? I think I think um, mimicking our favorite regions. Okay. And, and, and some people... I would say probably you know um, don't wouldn't know the difference between a Munich 
Hellas and, and, and others. Uh, I, th I think Munich-style Hellas is, is what I make here and what most of us do. Um, so it's just got this beautiful balance. So I, I think it's, the, it's my favorite version of Hellas. We had one the other podcast. I can't remember exactly which one it was. We did the Occidental last week. Yes. That one was way maltier than a lot of the Hellases that we've been having over the course of the last couple of months on the podcast. That's a good one. So it was one of my yeah, favorite ones that though. I've had, yeah. Um, so where do you fall on the, in terms of the balance in this style of beer? Because that was more malt forward. Generally, I mean, you, you mentioned it, that this is kind of down the middle balance. But we're, I, is that what I'm you I'm more down the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, still malt derived as far as the, the base of the beer and then just enough hop. And it's even bittered with, like, a super low alpha hop. So it's not like you're balancing like a big big alpha hop like you would do an IPA or even some other uh, German style beers, and then go lower from there. It's kind of this low alpha hop all the way through. So it just kind of just balances enough, and then just a, a little kiss at the end for a little aromatics and just a little bit of floral. I think this beer is fantastic, Mike. Thanks um, for Quite your first good. for your yeah. first go at a it's hell. Encouraging for first go at a hellus. I I I think that's great. Do you are there any tweaks you were thinking about after your first go at this that you were noodling around with? Uh, yeah. Um, I maybe it's had the finishing gravity be about two tenths higher. I know it's two tenths, but it's a it's an important two, two tenths. Two, yeah, two sevens, two seven, two eights, two eight. Yeah, you know, like, it's a big difference. I mean, it's a big uh, difference. This one finished at. Um, I think it was two six. So I'd like to see this closer to two eight. In in kind of in kind of getting back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, you know. But I want to stick with this beer as it is beer of the week. Do you see when you throw the Hellas up there? What does that do in terms of sales for you guys next to the Dive Bar Lager or the Luger Pilsner? Like how? What is the best way your bartenders, your staff, your crew has found? To differentiate between these, you know, I, I well, Pilsner's I an easy it says Pilsner one to explain. People Pilsner, know. people understand. It's, yep. a little, it's a little more uh, floral, little bready, a little, little more, doughy. yeah, a uh, little more floral, a little more hop character to it. Uh, dive bar lager is, you know, everything that you expect from a dive bar. A dive bar, <laughs> except for with good ingredients. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, what do you mean it, those mozzarella it's, sticks it's super were phenomenal? Low, it's super low. Um, uh, you know, it's four percent. It's made with uh, probably about twenty-five percent rice, mm. so it just keeps the body light, easy. There's not a lot. That that's that's the one where, if we have someone coming in and says, "Hey, I drink Coors Light," try this. Like, cool. Here's or this. E or even or even the the Mexican lager that way with a little bit of the corn. You know, it kind of gives it a very familiar. Um, and then Hellas is is you know a, a style that I want people to get used to here because I plan on making it more often. Because um, it's, I think it's one of those Pilsner and Hellas. Even though Dive Bars had like this huge swell of like, I get a bunch of on social media like, you need to make this all the time. I'm like, the Dive Bar longer. Consider it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a cool, easy drinker. You know, um, the name kills it too. <laughs> let's, not, let's not oh, let's not okay, deny so that. I'll, though, I'll say for this. A I'll say this right here. My partners and most, uh, no one liked it but me. The uh, name? Yeah. Dive Bar Lager. And I go, oh, well, I don't really like the name. I'm like, well, that's the name because I think it's cool. <laughs> I like it's it. my beer and yeah. I like it. Yeah, I got final say. Come oh, on. Yeah, people, people were just like literally nobody except for me liked that name. And then Why? once it got out, everyone's like, I love that name. No one's got that. I'm like, nope. And then like, oh. Better get, that t better get on that TTB real yeah, quick. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, it, it, it's so fun, um, you know, and that's kind of as we've talked over the – 
over the last probably six months about loggers becoming the thing. Um, it, it, it warms my heart to know that the Hellas style is a style you want to continue making because it's my favorite yeah. lager style. I mean, I love Vienna lager because I love that malt so much. Sure. You know, so I'll do Vienna lager, Meritzen, Festbier, whichever yep. kind of route you want to go with that because I love that malt so much. But as far as light, easy drinking beer, this is the style for me. And even even Lynch is jumping on board with it too. I mean, as someone who grew up, not grew up, <laughs> Yingling as, for life, bro. Uh, well, Yingling was the first beer I really had. But oh, yeah. as someone who started drinking craft beer as dark beer only, this is probably my favorite style of the lighter beers outside of an IPA that I've had since I've expanded my horizons. For some reason, it really sits No, I I agree, Um, as far as the lighter styles. uh, Hellas and, uh, you know, Pilsner is always number one for me because I always like a little more hop character to it. That's just just my own personal, yeah, I'm a hop kid. But even the German noble hops, you know, it's not like American hops, but it's, you know, there's something about it being a little more hop forward, a little more bitterness. Um, The balance of Hellas is just so drinkable. Uh, Vienna Lager, um, I love that beer just because, A, it's, it is one of my favorite styles next to Schwarz beer. Um, and so it's got a little more malt character. It's like a delicate balance of malt without being malty, like overly malty. Um, because there's, there's, a, there's that, you know, there's that balance that, that you need to, to tow a, a, with that style. Um, but, yeah, Schwarz beer is uh, actually we, we're entering that into GABF as well. That's in the can right now with the Vienna because uh, I think that's got a shot because it's a – it's one of my favorite styles, and at least get some good feedback on it. So. Anything uh, you want to promote uh, while, we're, I, while we're here, or do you have another question? I or? just want to make sure that people don't skip over the fact that Mike was like, as I started as a dark beer drinker, and as I started learning light beers like IPAs, no one has ever said that in their history of life. <laughs> light beers like IPAs. Well, light in color, right? <laughs> Yeah, like he's like. Color. I really only drink yeah. stouts. So when I moved That's to light beers, I when I moved that. to light beers like IPAs, like it was beers. such a weird yeah, thing for right. me. <laughs> no, it did to me, me too. I was like, did that? Did I? Yeah. And you that? kept talking, so I just let it go. But I was like, I need to make I'm sure glad you brought it up. People that. know that he just called IPAs lighter beers. Or I mean, I get what you're saying. In color, we, oh, yeah. we get what you're saying. It's just none of us <laughs> ever think that way. Well, let me be IPAs the first to tend say to that be I think heavier beers. Well, well you're okay. lucky. You're lucky. I've got like nine light beers up there for you. There you go. Well, no I've, I've tried almost all of them. No so it's he's, great. He's still got hoppy beer. That's yeah, six. That's what I meant. Six hoppy beers. <laughs> yeah. So this is usually the time in our uh, podcast takeover, Mike, where we let you uh, pump anything you want to pump. Any new beers coming out or anything you're yeah. excited about? Uh, this, this is your free publicity spot. Oh man. Um, As yeah. If this the last is like, hour has this is like this keg I have is actually two months old. You should totally drink it. <laughs> End of this month, uh, we are canning and uh, coming on draft with our, our Crypt Keeper, which is part of our Graveyard series. Uh, it's all single hop. Oh, so right, that, right, right, right. Yeah. I've, I've had the last ones. Yeah, you had the, uh, you had the Grave Dancer, mm-hmm. which was uh, Mosaic. This is Crypt Keeper, which is all Citra. Mm. So it's super nice. Uh, we've got a new beer coming out called Warhaka. No, it's not new. It's a returning beer. It's all New Zealand hops. I like them Australia. I like yeah. the I have like the southern hemispheres, yeah. Uh, I like the, I like the New hemisphere. Zealand hops. They're like a little more delicate. They're not as big and oily. Um, don't get it wrong, you know, I love you know, I love uh, uh, Enigma and, and Galaxy and all, but um, the New Zealand hops just have this beautiful kind of orchard fruit kind of, you know, kind of deal to it. Um, Schwarz beer's coming. That's going to be canned in the next month. That's called uh, Splatter House. I'm really interested um, in how your Schwarz beer can sell. 
Me too. Just just in terms of People how the market is. I liked it so much last year. I know. I'm um, interested. So we'll see how it goes. But you never know, right? You never, you never know. know. You like, know. This beer is popular on draft, but can yep. could, could be nothing. Yep. Could be bigger than you thought. I don't know many people moving Kansas Schwartz. Me either. So if you if you make it, more power to you, brother. Oh, and by the way, you know what? Our kitchen's killing it too. So you know, um, our burgers are awesome, uh, fried chicken sandwiches, and all that sort of thing. So yeah, as Mike far as the GOW, like, oh dude, it's so good. <laughs> I was debating between that and the Bombay burgers. So. Oh yeah, no, no, you made a good choice either way. But yeah, um, no, and you know the patio's uh, killing it. You know this year it's, it's, it's been a nice. It's not a hundred degrees. Yeah, it's not hundred degrees. For you guys that, that aren't from here. This is what the Pacific Northwest summers are like. 80 degrees and sunny. And yeah. Nice. yeah. I'm these like These like four dry. weeks straight of 100 degree weather is global warming. You know what though? I can. Yeah, yeah. I said it. I said it. <laughs> global warming. Where the planet is warming more than it should. It is. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> let's let's be real Win- here. Winters aren't, that, aren't as bad as they used to be. Yeah. So, not Except for when they reach zero d- degrees. But that won't happen here. It did a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's fake news. A couple of years ago, I love hearing that though. Compared to like you know half the year in Chicago. Yeah, you don't remember the you don't remember the blizzard of '98. Like there was I a do. blizzard of '98 in New Jersey. I remember that uh, one. Ours was a blizzard of '78. <laughs> I was I was, I was not was alive seven yet. Seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, I will say this, as I know Lynch is going to sign us off here. Thank you so much from me personally and for this podcast podcast sake uh grains of wrath and you have been a very very big help for us and thank we you appreciate, and well and thank you we for appreciate you again. spending your time with us it, it means a lot to us uh, and vice versa i mean this is you know i'm honored you guys came out here to celebrate your one year and um congratulations this is really awesome i'm glad you guys are bringing this to people and uh yeah thanks I can't believe we've done this for a year. I know. It, like I was telling Mike off the air, I was like, oh, I this fired is you after flying, the second week. <laughs> after the first interview here, I would have let you go. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, episode one, we interviewed John Harris, and it's like, who's next, Mike Hunsaker? Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have not been Never out heard here, of him. <laughs> like I said earlier Never. in the podcast, if you haven't been out here, come out here. It's not that much further than your normal drive elsewhere. Twenty five nope. minutes from downtown. It's, it's easy. Really easy. The beer, as we were talking about, is absolutely incredible. The food is great. If you see Mike around in his in his I, I don't know what, the pop collar hat, what do you call that kind of hat? I don't know. Oh yeah, that's true. Last time you had one that was like logger life. It's logger. It just says logger, and you this one is bill, support blue collar. But you yeah, leave the bill course. like pointed upwards. <laughs> this is not a white collar job. <laughs> that's true. That you leave is the, true. You leave the bill pointed upwards. So if you see Mike in the pointed yeah. upwards bill hat, yes. yeah. go or say Or backwards. Hi. It's usually more backwards. Or backwards. Hat. Just go look for hi. the dude that should be at a Mastodon concert. <laughs> you will know Thank that you. very easily. Thank you. Find us again all over social media. We're on Beers on Us on Instagram now, which is new, and we're taking pictures and stuff. Me, at MikeLynch27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. And uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you find us, and we appreciate it. We're not sure what's coming up next week, but year two will be year two. Yeah, we, we say that every week. We don't know what's going on next week, and then we figure it out. You, you figure you, it you out. You guys get that big budget and start traveling around different cities. I'm trying to see. That if would be the dream. I'm actually, this. because we got Squad Douche at uh, GABF last year, I know they're not going to let me go on the company dime this year. So I'm trying to convince somebody to pay for Mike and I. Are you trying to, go to say to you GABF. jinxed it? Yeah. Are oh, yeah. they trying to say you jinxed it? No, we just owned it. <laughs> wow. 
It's easier. You owned the fake chicken. It's like there, there are so many of you that I'd it's love like to if see you self, that. If you self-deprecate, then it, it's a lot better than someone be. If you're like, hey, I suck, and they're like, yeah, you kind of do. That's better than someone so just being like, be, by the way, you suck. It's just going to be Scott, Ben, and, and <laughs> Jacob there now. No, I, I guess so. <laughs> and, oh, the beer's on us, guys. We'll be there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're looking for a sponsor. Someone to sponsor to send us out to JBI. Absolutely. That'd be so much fun. Cool idea. It's only going to cost you like two grand. Also, it, it, it whoever's would... out there, whoever wants to sponsor us, it's only going to cost you like two grand. I mean, we're going to be really drunk and it's going to be funny. Yeah. Us. <laughs> I mean, I'll pass out in the rental car. It's cool. You I don't be... even need a hotel. Right JBI. after we get there, not even after the event. I'll just sleep. I know that place, that convention center really well. I'll just find a place to sleep in there. <laughs> Can sleep underneath the uh, underneath the table, underneath rubber, one of the tables. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> cleans it. You've been there. It's disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. All right, deuces. Thanks, guys. Traces. There you go. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.